This is More Than Conquerors with your Bible teacher, Pastor Ray Hagistilianos. As a teaching pastor for more than 35 years, Pastor Ray's heart and vision is simply to build up God's army, enabling them to stand strong in their faith. As the senior pastor at Living Word Christian Church in White Plains, New York, Pastor Ray will challenge you today to begin your walk in integrity and victory, forever changing your life as transformed by the power of God. More Than Conquerors is supported by the generous gifts of listeners like you. You can find us online by going to livingwordchurch.org. The Bible tells us that the effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Yet sadly, in today's fast-paced world, it seems that the easiest thing to put on the back burner is quality time spent in meaningful prayer. Throughout the Bible, we are told how powerful prayer is and how prayer changes things. Didn't Jesus himself encourage us to pray, not just hope for the desires of our heart? Clearly, without a consistent, well-disciplined prayer life, not simply a time of prayer, but a lifestyle of prayer, God is not going to give us the desires of our heart if we don't tell Him through prayer exactly what they are. In this opening two-day introduction for the week entitled Praying Boldly, we'll see how prayer can be used with a power that can both shake heaven and even get the undivided attention of hell. In his closing two days of this life-changing four-day message, Pastor explains why we all need to take prayer more seriously. Prayer changes things. Prayer changes things. It does. So, so anyway, um, so I wanted to talk to you tonight just a little bit. Let's just write these things down as I give them to you. We don't have them pre-written for you, so Sandy's going to try to put up the scriptures. And uh, the first verse I want to look at real quick is Matthew's Gospel, chapter 26. And this is where um, Jesus is preparing to go to the cross and so on and so forth. And he's in the Garden of Gethsemane. And um, verse 36 says, Jesus came with them to the place called Gethsemane and said to them, sit here. Is everybody there, by the way? Give me an amen. Amen. Sit here while I go and pray over there. And he took with him Peter and the two sons of Zebedee, and he began to be sorrowful and deeply distressed. Then he said to them, my soul is exceedingly sorrowful, even to death. Stay and watch with me. Stay here and watch with me. He went a little farther and fell on his face and prayed, saying, O oh, my Father, if it is possible, let this cup pass from me. Nevertheless, not as I will, but as you will. Now, I want you to see verse uh, 40 and 41. Then he came to the disciples and found them sleeping. Wow, that sounds like a lot of Christians. We have important things to pray, and you're home sleeping. Hallelujah. <laughs> We're having a prayer meeting, and you're home watching television, sleeping on the lazy boy. Hallelujah. <laughs> So it's amazing that, you know, uh, I don't know if that's ever happened to you, but sometimes even in my prayer time, I get sleepy. You know, it's like the spirit wants to come over you to put you to sleep while you're praying. You got to be aware of that. And he he says, he he comes over, he left them to pray and to watch with him and to wait with him. He comes and he walks down a little bit and he finds them sleeping on the job, on the post. That's not you, right? So he says, what? (laughs) I like that. He says, what? What's, in other words, what's going on here? What? Could you not watch with me one hour? Couldn't you, couldn't you, couldn't you? Uh, well, here, here's the word. Because this is, this, is, this is what I want to get across to you tonight. Here's the word. 
One of the very first things that you're going to have to practice in developing a prayer and devotional life is, you ready? Discipline. Discipline. Could you not, in other words, couldn't you discipline yourself enough to keep awake and to pray during this, you know, unbelievable event that's about to happen? Could you not tarry with me? Could you not pray? So the very first word that we, we need to hit tonight is that you have to discipline yourself in order to have an effective prayer and devotion life. So it goes back to selecting that time and forcing yourself to do it. See, we're, we're very undisciplined people. That's why, that's why, you know, we buy gym memberships in January that we don't go to. And we keep paying the gym membership, but because, and we figure if we cancel it, then we're really sunk because then we're really in trouble. As long as we have the hope, you know, we still can walk in the door, even though we don't ever walk in the door. We still have the hope of one day saying, I think I'll walk in the door today. That never happens because we're not disciplined enough to pick ourselves up and push ourselves into the gym. Hallelujah. Here, I'll give you a hint. Until you get the discipline to do it, you might as well cancel the membership and put the money in the bank or put it towards the building fund. At least it'll go to good use. Amen. So, so discipline is a very big part of developing a prayer and devotion life. And um, that's where people, where, where we lack it. And, and that's probably one of the reasons why there's so many, so many believers that are not walking in, in the fullness of what God really has for them because they lack the discipline to just do the things that they know. Isn't that interesting that we have a hard time, I just, we have a hard time being disciplined in the things that we know that can make us better, make us feel better and help us. It's like how many of you know that eating too much food it's not good for you. Now, I'm not getting on anybody, but, but how come we find it so easy to overeat? And we know it's going to kill us. Eventually, it'll kill you or make you very sick and then kill you, right? How come we have an easy, <laughs> how come we have an easy time doing what we shouldn't do, but we have a hard time doing the things that we know are going to benefit us? It's just called the flesh. Flesh does not want to do the things that are good for it. Always wants to do things that it's not good for. Right? So if we're going to have an effective prayer and devotion time, then we're going to have to practice discipline. And we're going to have to make that time whenever that time. And the time can fluctuate. You know, it can be in the morning, it can be in the evening. But we have to have that time. Is any, am I speaking to anybody here? Some of you are looking at me like, you know, like, I want to go home, hurry up, finish up. What's, what's, what's the message? This is the message. I know that. Yeah, right. You know it, but you ain't praying, you liar. You didn't do anything. You didn't pray today. You didn't pray yesterday. You didn't pray the day before. In fact, you didn't pray all month. Oh, wow. It's like, I came to church to get a message. Well, you are. Amen. Amen. So the very first thing, you know, Jesus rebuked him. And he said, watch and pray lest you enter into temptation. The spirit indeed is willing, but the flesh is weak. There's the answer. The, the, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is very weak. All right. So we've got to we've got to discipline ourselves. Right. Doesn't Paul say that I, I beat my body, you know, to bring it into subjection. Uh, we've got to We've got to get control over our, ourselves and get our prayer life back. Or at least if you think, if, if you're not getting it, if, if you don't have to get it back, then you have to get one. All right. A prayer life. And we'll, maybe we'll spend some time talking more about, you know, the different kinds of prayer and that kind of stuff, because that's another thing people are all mixed up about. But anyway, so number one, you have to discipline yourself. All right. Now, number, number two, let's go over to Matthew's Gospel 6 for a minute 
And in Matthew's Gospel, chapter 6, and verse 6, Jesus is talking about prayer and teaching them some things about prayer. And in verse 6, he says, But when you pray, go into your room, and when you have shut your door, pray to your Father who is in the secret place, and your Father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Now, the King James Version says, Go into a closet. That doesn't literally mean you have to go into a closet and shut the door. All right? It doesn't even mean you have to go into a cubicle. You know, it means have a special place, a quiet place where you can go and be alone with God. So, so the second thing that you need to, to have or to incorporate into your life to have a strong prayer and devotion life, have a special pre- place where you go where you find it easy to pray and get into the presence of the Lord. I one time, long, long, long time ago, many years ago, a friend of mine um, was living at home and uh, they were having a hard time uh, because of small quarters and parents were there and other kids were there and other siblings were there. And she was having a hard time finding a place to pray. And she, you know, she couldn't pray in the living room because the TV was on. She couldn't pray in the dining room because someone was always sitting there doing homework or doing something. Couldn't pray in the kitchen because mom was always there cooking. So what she did is when everybody was doing all that stuff, she went into the bathroom and shut the door. And she told me that the toilet bowl became her altar. She put the lid down on the toilet and put her knees down right in front and put her, I mean, that's how serious she was about having a special place of quietness where she could go and be alone and shut out the world and pray. She was pretty serious about prayer. So for you, it doesn't have to be the toilet or the bathroom unless you have nowhere else to go. Um, But everybody ought to have a place where you go that inspires you. And if you're fortunate enough to have a room or, you know, an extra room or, or your own bedroom or whatever, well, you know, fix it up in a way that it inspires you to pray. Put a CD and, you know, put a sound system in there or buy a little boom box and have CDs and set the mood with, with music and just whatever you need to do uh, so that you can shut out the world and the business of life and have, are you getting something out of this or am I just preaching myself? Shut out the business of life so that you can spend time with the Lord. All right. So Jesus said, you know, when you pray, go into your room, shut the door. You write this down. You have to go to Luke 6, 12. Jesus he says he went up into the mountains to pray. See, he had to remove himself and isolate himself and pull away and have a time of prayer by himself. Now, the question always comes up uh, among married people. Well, should we always pray together? Well, you should pray together, but you should also pray apart. Because even though you are one, you know, in the flesh and all that, you still are individuals. And you have certain specific things that you need to talk to the Father about and pray about. So you ought to have a time where you pray together, but you, your, your private time is probably even more important than your together time. That's just my opinion. You may not agree with that, but that's just my opinion. Because if you're not built up and you're not strong, then, then the time you do come together is not going to be as effective anyway. When you're praying uh, apart and you're praying your, you know, privately over your own issues and needs and wants, and your prayer time shouldn't always be this, Father, change his mind. Change him, Lord. Those habits are his. Tell him to pick up his socks. You know what I'm saying. That's, that, that's not, not time to complain to God and try to, try to change your spouse that way. You, you, you spend time on you. God, change me. Help me to be a better husband, a better wife, a better whatever. Right? 
Open up my eyes to anything. All right. So you, you have to have a special place or it can be anywhere. Because I live alone, my whole house is my special place. Amen. I pray in the living room. I pray in the kitchen. I pray in the dining room. I pray downstairs in the, in the playroom. I pray up in the bed. Anywhere I am, I can just pray. And I put music. I have a sound system through the house. Just flip on that thing and let it, let it play. And I, hallelujah, praise the Lord, glory to God. And I just praise the Lord. That's one of the benefits of being single. But remember, if you're married, you did. I do. It's, you did. It's done. That's good. All right? So don't be praying to be single. Amen? Pray, pray to ble have a blessed marriage. Glory to God. All right. So have a special place to pray. Prayer changes. Say it, but prayer changes things. All right. So here's another, another good thing is use prayer and meditation aids or help. In other words, um, like get some, get some prayer books. You know, after a while, you don't need that stuff because you're mature enough and you've got the word. I don't, I don't bother with that, that stuff. But if you're just trying to get your prayer life jumped, you know, or jump started, or you need, you need some help, and get, then go to, go to a book like that, all right? Um, it's going to be very powerful. Because it, you want to make sure you're praying the word. You're not praying a whole lot of doubt and unbelief. Yes. And a lot of stupid religious stuff that's not going to get anything done. You've got to pray the word. Say the word. If it's not in the Word, don't pray it. Don't say it. Don't even utter it. If you can't find it in the Word, don't use it. All right? So, and pray in faith. So, use some prayer books, prayer things. We have different stuff in our bookstore. And any good Christian bookstore is going to have good stuff. Um, so, um, and then here's, here's a thought. I mean, every day maybe you should have a different theme. I've done that for seasons. Like pray for missions or, you know, like say have a, have a world thing, have a local thing, a church thing, and maybe a family thing. A theme every day or praying. for That's just, just a thought, all right? You don't have to do that. But um, that can help you to stay on point or focus for the day and pray those things. Um, of course, good word-oriented books will help you. As you read those books, you're going to, God's going to jog some, some things in your own thinking and in your own mind as you read the word, the Bible. I, see, that's what I do. When I pray, I, re, I have the Bible open. And, and I'm just praying with, with the word in my hand. All right? Um, so sometimes using prayer aids or meditation aids will help you to jumpstart and get on track. All right? Um, here's something that's really important if you're going to remember we're talking about how to develop a strong prayer and devotional life. And I'm just hitting some points. You might have some other things in your mind that you can add to this list. But one of the things that you have to do is um, keep in mind that this is a relationship with God. It's not work. Prayer is not work. It's a relationship. It's a privilege. It's an honor to be able to come into the presence of God and talk to the Heavenly Father. Your Father, who has within His ability to bless you, to increase you, to help you, to change your life, to change your situations, as you do it according to His method, according to His Word, um, you're going to see things change in your life. So keep in mind that it's a relationship and it's not a work. Um, sometimes people make prayer into a work and that's why it gets boring and it gets, it's hard and it's laborious and it's, it's just very, very difficult because it becomes a work instead of a joy. Prayer time is a joy. Come on, I got one little faint amen. amen. Prayer time is a joy. Can someone give me a better amen than that? Amen. I don't know about you, but when I come out of prayer time, I'm refreshed. I'm exhilarated. I'm lifted. I'm charged. I'm ready to go, 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 go face the day when I come out of my prayer time. Come on, anybody have that experience? Anybody know what I'm talking about? 
I'm ready. I'm, I'm ready to go for it. Now, now the, the verse I want to give you, how much time do we have? We're running out of time. All right, let's just do this quickly. I only have three more and I'll go quickly. But in John's Gospel, chapter 15, I'll read it to you. You don't have to open it to you. You can write it down. 15, verse 7 says, If you abide in me, that talks about relationship. And my words abide in you. That talks about the Bible. He said, you will ask what you desire. Not what God desires, but what you desire. Say what I desire. And it shall be done for you. That's talking about prayer. You see. So, so he says, let me read it again. If you abide in me, that talks about relationship. And my word abides in you. That's talking about the book, the scriptures. You will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. And he goes on to say, verse 8, by this that my Father is glorified that you bear much fruit so you will be my disciples or show yourself forth as the disciples of Jesus. That's why God wants you to walk in the best and have the best and walk in abundance and walk in health and walk in victory and walk in power. Because according to his word, when you bear prayer fruit in your life, you glorify the Heavenly Father. Every time you get a prayer answered, every time a desire becomes a reality in your life, God gets the glory. That's why I say, you get the blessing, God gets the glory. Come on, somebody say amen. All right. So keep in mind, it's a relationship and not a work. Um, number five, and we talked about this a little bit, so we won't cite a whole lot of scripture. You can write, always start prayer and devotion with praise and worship and thanksgiving. And you can look at this later. Philippians chapter four, verses five through seven, you know, talks about this. All right. So just, just praise him, thank him, glorify him. Um, as you enter into that time of prayer or include it somewhere in there because the Father loves to be praised. Amen. He loves our prayer, our worship time. Um, number six, and we talked about this too, but we'll just put it down in developing. A be specific in your prayer requests. First John chapter five and verse 14 says, um, if you ask anything according to his will and his will is his word. Everybody say his will, his will. is his word. Say his word the Bible, the scriptures, is his will. Did everybody get that? Because people get all screwy about this. Well, I don't know if it's the will of God. I want a brand new car, but I don't know if it's the will of God. It's the will of God. He came that you might have life and have it more abundantly, not less abundantly. Is everybody with me? So, so, so he says, if we ask anything according to his will, we know that he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we have what we asked of him. So we have the assurance of getting our requests because we ask according to his will, which is his word. That's why it's important to always back up your prayers with the word of God. That's why you, you have to be ready. You have to know the word of God and back it up with the word. You see, uh, like, like say, um, well, we know about healing, for instance, right? We know that by his stripes we are healed. Isaiah 53, we all know this repeated again in, in, uh, in uh, 1 John, I believe it is. We, we know, I'm sorry, 1 Peter, we know that by his stripes we are healed. So when I approach God for healing, I don't come if it be thy will, O God, heal me. Forget it. That prayer is negated. It's wiped out. It's a prayer of doubt and unbelief. Why? Because you're not sure if God even wants you healed, so how can you have faith? 
How can you believe if you're not even sure that God wants you healed? You have to know that you know that God has already appropriated that, that it is God's will. And according to 1 John chapter 5 and verse 14, if you ask anything according to his will, how many of you know healing is will based on Isaiah 53 and 1 Peter 2.24? You already know that it is his will. So if we ask according to his will, then we know he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we have what we asked of him. God's not going to hear your belly aching, crying, complaining, and squawking. What he hears is when you recite, repeat the word, God, your word says that by your stripes I am healed. God hears that. It is his will. And we know if he hears us, we know we have what we asked of him. And, and that you can go to the bank with. See, I have no problem with prosperity because it already says all over the word, I pray above all that you prosper and be in health even as thy soul prospers. We know it's according to his will then. So when I pray for increase, when I pray for blessing, when I pray for, you know, advancements in in work or or whatever it be, a a raise, whatever it be, it's according to his will. And if it's according to his will, he hears us. And if he hears us, we know we have that which we've asked of him. So you better pray the word. Glory. So be specific. Mark 11, 24, we said it before, whatever things you ask or that you desire when you ask, believe that you receive them and you will have them. So you have to be specific in your prayer requests. All right. Number seven, I'm going to quit right here for tonight. Don't do all the talking. Sometimes it's good to just be quiet in the presence of the Lord and listen to what God wants. Sometimes people pray and pray and pray. They don't give God a chance to even say anything. You're doing it's one-sided prayer. All you're doing is doing all the talking. God couldn't get a word in edgewise if he tried. Anybody know what I'm talking about? It's like sometimes I have a prayer line and I'm praying for people. They, they come up. Does anybody want to be prayed for for such and such? People have come running down here. I want to be prayed for. They come here and you pray for them. And I'm praying for them. They're going, I'm going to die. I'm like, wait a minute. Who's praying? You or me? Did you come down here for me to pray for you? Then shut up. You be quiet. I do the praying. You do the listening and the receiving. Hallelujah. But we got this thing like we have this verbal diarrhea going all the time. Like somehow we're going to wear God out. You know, somehow we're going to we're going to say so much that God's going to give in. Like like kids, you know, they like wear you down, wear you down, wear you down until you give in. That's not how it works. You're supposed to come in faith sometimes just being quiet in the presence of God, just sitting in his presence. Having prayed your prayers, just worship him. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. And then sometimes just take the time to listen. Or just whisper quietly in in, in the spirit. And don't do all the talking. Don't let your prayer time be all one-sided. Hallelujah. How many of you pray expecting God to answer you back? How many of you pray expecting God to speak to you? Yeah, you're all raising your hands, but I wonder... Well, if you expect God to answer you back, somebody got to be quiet to listen to him. Because God doesn't speak in a loud voice. It's like sometimes when you're trying to get somebody's attention, you know, they're talking a mile a minute. I was with somebody the other day and they were going on and on and on and on and talking and talking. I couldn't get a word in edgewise. And, and, you know, I want to just stand up and say, shut up for a minute. Let me say something. And I feel that sometimes God is like, you know, thinking the same way, just be quiet. I'll give you an answer if you just shut up for a minute. Just give me one minute. 
<laughs> Hallelujah. All right, glory to God. We're going to end right there. Give the Lord a hand clap. Tune in again Monday afternoon at 2 for More Than Conquerors. If today's message was a blessing to you, ask for your free CD of the broadcast for a gift of any amount to help support this radio ministry. Just mail your request with your check to More Than Conquerors or MTC, P.O. Box 8187, White Plains, New York, 10602. Be sure to include the date of the message you're requesting. If ordering a complete Bible study series, a minimum love offering of $20 is appreciated. Identify the series and include the word series in your order. If you missed any of the hundreds of inspiring, life-changing Bible study messages of encouragement taught by Pastor Ray on this More Than Conquerors radio station, such as those on salvation, healing, miracles, faith, forgiveness, and many more, podcast downloads of all these programs are yours free of charge by simply going to PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com and clicking on Podcasts. That's podcasts at either PastorRayNY.com or WMCA.com. Thank you for listening to and supporting this ministry of God-centered lessons of integrity and victory from the Word of God and being ever mindful that as life's challenges come, God's Word is truth and will always impact our lives in a positive way in making us more than conquerors.